Hi, I'm Liz Kapko, and I'm the host of the L Podcast. This podcast is all about L's, so letting go what doesn't serve you, learning who we are, what we want out of life, and how the hell to get there, leveling up in life, and most importantly, learning to love ourselves in the process. So let's go. Hey everyone, I'm super excited for today's episode because the L we're focusing on is learning. So we're going to learn about how to navigate starting a new semester, starting a new year, new goals, but also how to keep that momentum going after, you know, the shiny first two weeks have kind of ended and your motivation is fizzled out. So I have some friends from grad school who are going to share their tips and tricks. So let's go ahead and get to know them and get started. Aubrey, you're the first one on my list or on my screen, so you're up. I knew it was going to be me. Uh, Okay, I am Aubrey Sermon. I have degrees in, well, I have a bachelor's in biology, a master's also in biology, and a PhD in zoology, which is basically biology. So uh, my research, I guess, specialization would be physiological ecology and also aging really focusing on birds. And I'm currently a clinical assistant professor at Arupe College at Loyola University, Chicago. And I think that's it. Yeah, that was Did I get professional. Everything? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Tara, you're up. I had to look at my CV to know what all my degree, like I forgot what my bachelor's was in. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm Tara Slominski. I am a postdoctoral researcher at North Dakota State University. Um, I have a bachelor's in zoology, a master's in zoology with an emphasis in biology education. And then um, I got a dual PhD, uh, biological sciences, and then also a STEM education. And so my research and training Uh, is geared toward physiology and then um, largely the teaching and learning of physiology. Um, And I'm learning some new things along the way in my postdoc as far as um, systems thinking and uh, um, sort of structural development of curriculum and departments and such, lots of things. Awesome, yeah. This is a group just a heads up of like badass women, so. Stay tuned for all the other ones. Shelly, you're up next. Hi, I'm Shelly Eshelman. I have an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in biology. And I study um, movement patterns of bird species, essentially. And my current position, I'm a MODIS avian research coordinator, which means I use um, automated radio telemetry to study migratory movements of birds. I work for a small land trust in Eastern Pennsylvania. And are you officially starting a PhD program? Yes, I have also, probably not under anyone's advice, decided to try to do a PhD while still working. And yes, I'm in uh, Dr. Jeff Bueller's lab at the University of Delaware, and I'm starting my second semester. Second semester? What? Congrats, (laughs) Shelly. Sorry that I didn't know about your first semester, but that would probably explain why you've been busy. Um, That's awesome. 
And last but not least, Nick. Yeah, seriously, congrats, Shelly. That's awesome. Um, I'm Nick Snyder. I have an undergrad degree or BS in biochemistry and molecular biology with a minor in chemistry. I had to write that down so I could remember to say the full thing. And then I'm currently working on my PhD in zoology. Um, my field of study, again, sometimes is hard to answer because I could be like a million different things. So I think the two best ways to sum it up is I'm an integrative biologist in eco evo devo so it's ecological evolutionary developmental biology um i just it's a fancy way of saying i do a lot of random things <laughs> interested in a lot of stuff <laughs> and then my current positions like i said i'm a grad student at north dakota state university and then i'm a research technician at the university of minnesota duluth but that's just because our lab moved from ndsu to umd awesome so just a little background, the five of us all went to grad school together at North Dakota State University. So we met at in grad school, all from different backgrounds. So yeah, Aubrey, we're practically besties for life. Um, that's one thing, if you're thinking about grad school, or if you're currently in grad school, like get to know the people in your department or outside of your department even, because these are people that you're going to go to their wedding, you're going to go to their defense, you're going to, you know, meet their first children or fur babies so like these are people you're going to be stuck with for the rest of your life but i wanted this episode to really focus on how to set yourself up for success i think the struggles currently is literally the pandemic i feel like that's the current struggle uh it's tough for students it's tough for in my case professors trying to get students to like do stuff um, in general, there's like a lot of apathy that's like currently an issue out both sides too. I feel like, you know, the pandemic drains us all, including faculty. So uh, I think that's the main struggle right now. So I think that as I go into each semester um, or, you know, like different seasons, if you're not in school right now, I think it's important to think about what your daily schedule is going to look like as they change, because I feel like during those transition times, it goes so much more smoothly if I have a clear written um, schedule and that I can reference and I don't feel as much like I'm missing out on things because that's always something that I'm paranoid about. I'm like, did I just miss a class or maybe a meeting that I was supposed to be attending? Yeah. Shelly, I think you brought up a really good point of knowing what your schedule is going to be. So if I'm a brand new student, I just enrolled, I got my financial aid all figured out. So I finally got my schedule. What, what do you do after that? Like, you know what your classes are, but how do you, like, what are some tips on how to use that information to set yourself up for success? I really like, Shelly, your point about like getting your schedule figured out and something that I started to do more recently, which I should have been doing a long time ago, um, is kind of like thinking back to my schedule last semester or last year. And I'm thinking about like what worked well um, in this particular case, it was really helpful for me to have this certain time block on this certain day. And I knew that I wrote better in the afternoon maybe than if I did in the morning. So whenever yeah. I could, I tried to make my schedule be compatible with what I know worked for me. 
And I tried to kind of carve out things that have proven to be successful for me in the past, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's also a good point because I think for many, maybe new grad students or anyone in a new position, like, you know, you need to be a morning person. That's what everyone else says. Or like the people in your lab, that's what they do. So you just try to mimic what they do. And that doesn't always work for people. Like getting up early, unless you have to for research, like that doesn't work for everyone. So figuring out what works for you and your lifestyle. And I think grad school is kind of an interesting situation where, yes, it's a job, but most of the time you make up your own hours. So depending on your relationship with your PI, your boss advisor, they might not care what times you're in the lab. So if you're more of a, you know, night owl, then you you could work in the afternoons versus coming in in the morning. So that's another thing to consider when setting up your schedule, I think, too. Yeah, so Tara, I should do what Tara does and I should look back, but I swear every beginning of the semester I have amnesia and I forget everything and I'm bright eyed, bushy tailed, and I'm like, I can do everything. And I, oh, of course. Well, yeah, my little calendar thing looks awesome. It has every block, you know, marked out where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be, how I'm going to do it. And I swear it's like two or three weeks in, I never follow any of it. And so I guess while we were talking, the, the thing that came to my mind was, um, just acknowledging and knowing about yourself, like when you've fallen off that horse out of those tasks you need to do so that you can get back on the horse and then kind of identifying those ways ahead of time of how to get back on the horse. And so one specific trick that's really worked for me, I pretty sure I just found it somewhere off the internet was uh, creating if then statements. So like if I, for writing, if I stop writing every day and I notice that I'm doing that, then I will go back to writing one time a week or I'll contact the writing group so I have some accountability. And I feel like that helps me plan for kind of the unexpected a little bit better. So Nick, that if then statement, do you have that like written somewhere that you see it every day or like, is that also in the back of the planner that you don't use? Yeah, it's written in the planner. Sometimes I'll post it on the wall of whatever workspace I'm in so I can get to it quick. Um, sometimes I made like a separate document for it so that I can pull it up. And I just keep a list of them because it's usually things that repeat kind of like what Tara said. So that yeah. way I can refer back to other ones. And, you know, again, if my if then statements start getting out of control or I lose them, then I can go back to the document. Right. Okay. Yeah, don't underestimate the power of a sticky note. Like, I think my bench space in my lab had so many sticky notes and like pictures and motivational quotes, like pictures of my family. I think things that make the space feel like, like I don't want to say home, but like you will spend a lot of time there, but make it feel like it's yours. So things that make you, that bring good feelings, I think is also re- really important to, to include. So I like the if then statements. Um, But that was like a perfect segue to my next question, which was, what do you do to continue that momentum? Like, okay, you spend time setting yourself up for success, you know, organizing, buying all the planner supplies, but then how do you prevent it from just sitting in your desk drawer and collecting dust? So Nick kind of shared some tips for that. What does everyone else do to kind of keep that momentum going? Put easy stuff on your to-do lists, like stuff that you like know you're going to do regardless, even if like on mine today, I have check email because I will do that a bunch of times probably. So 
like at least if I accomplish nothing else, I did get to check something off and it does make me feel like, like I did something. So I'll definitely put stuff on there that I know I can accomplish. And I try to do those easy things first because especially if you're dreading a certain task, you might not feel great about getting started on it. Um, so if you start with the easy stuff, you can just go down your checklist and then all of a sudden you have to do the harder task. And then I would follow that up too with like an easier task, <laughs> just mm -hmm. so you're not doing like hard task, hard task, hard task. And then you kind of don't want to go back to work the next day because you kind of burnt yourself out all in one day. Um, and then the last thing is try not to get too ambitious with your to-do list. Uh, <laughs> I know overestimate your like ability. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we do overestimate our abilities in terms of what we can complete in a day. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. make long to-do lists that are not realistic at all. But the first thing for my daily tasks is always update to-do list. So that's when I carry everything over. And that's something, you know, I can automatically check off. So it's a little mixture of both of those. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, for me, I really like to have clear expectations with for graduate school my advisor i talk to them about what i'm trying to accomplish because then they're like the ultimate accountability partner because yeah. you really don't want to have a lot of conversations with them where you're like oh we didn't accomplish this or like i didn't accomplish this and now we're behind target um and i also think that by communicating with your supervisor or advisor they can help you set some of those more realistic goals. Like there are things that they'll be saying, okay, we should be focusing on this and this will kind of help you proceed to your next, um, your next thing that you're trying to accomplish, whether that's your exams or um, you know, even having your proposal ready to go. And so they can kind of reel you in if you're getting a little too wild um, or give you a little bit of a push if you're, yeah, just falling behind and other things are coming up. I feel like I did that so many times. I would meet with my advisor and be like, no, Kendra, I can write this whole paper in a month. Like, don't underestimate me. Like, I'm insulted. And then uh, at the end of the month, I'd be like, I have an intro outline. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we have to like realize that they've been through what we've been through. They do this stuff all the time. So like they have experience. And so if they say like, this is not realistic, I mean, you have to trust them on that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I used to like make, I used to like self-impose all of those deadlines all the time. Oh yeah. And then I would get really worked up and like hold myself to them. And then when I wouldn't meet them because they were unrealistic, I'd have to like bring myself back to reality and say like, that's fine. Nobody cares. Like you made that up. It's fine. Um, I was just going to say, Liz, I love Mondays. Like the first half hour of Mondays when I'm making my planner. Is, <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Yeah. Planning time, planning for planning time is like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, something else I started doing probably within the last couple of years that I think has really, um, I've really noticed a difference in how it helps my meetings with my advisors is I plan, I pre-plan those meetings, I guess. Um, so like the day before I have my weekly or bi-monthly meeting or whatever, I sit down and I like sketch out basically the page that I'm going to work through with 
my advisor. And so I'll write out like, these are all the important questions I have, or these are, you know, I break it up by project and say, this is what I really want us to talk about. Um, and I really fill in like, this is the explicit questions I have. This is what I want to get away, yeah. take away from this, this discussion. And I think it really has helped me feel um, like I've done more, I guess. Yeah, I, what I started doing is, and this is like towards the end of my PhD and now in my postdoc is I keep a sticky note on like my weekly view. That's just like questions for boss. And like throughout the week, I'll start collecting questions because there's absolutely nothing worse than coming out of a meeting and being like, crap, I forgot to ask this, this, and this. Now I can't do this experiment because I have to wait and see if they agree or if they're okay with that or you know what funding I need to purchase things from. So yeah, making sure that you go into a meeting prepared, I think makes the meeting just so much more efficient and it's just a better use of everyone's time. If you have an advisor that forgets <laughs> A lot of what you talk about pretty regularly. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps we all have had this advisor at some point. Uh, I think it's helpful to like send them uh, like summaries, like in writing mm, yeah. of what you did or something like that. Like any way to like kind of be like, this is what we went over in our meeting. Um, to have some sort of like record of like what you talked about, because then we can start on like the next step rather than having to go back and like rehash some of what we already talked about. You might have to do that anyway. Oh, definitely. Uh, you probably will, <laughs> but it just helps to like have that there. Cause then we can like move on from it and be like, we talked about this and then like, this is what we decided. Can I add one thing yeah. to what you were saying too? I freaked my advisor out the first time I met her when I came up with an agenda for a meeting. And I still do that. And I just have like a basic word template agenda that I type things in that it's a real easy entryway to do exactly what you guys were all saying to make sure you got some points for preparing dates if you need them. And then there's like a space for a summary too. Nice. Yeah, I think whether it's grad school, meeting with your advisor or meeting with your boss at work, like always take notes because you're not going to remember as soon as you leave the door what you just talked about or like little details of what you said you were going to do moving forward for a project. So it's always nice to have notes to go back on to um, for the next meeting, like Aubrey said, to like summarize it, but also just for you, for your own sanity. Like, no, you said we were doing this. Like I wrote it down. We have this oh. paper. Um, That's so tough though, Liz. I don't know about you all, but like when I started, when some, when I would hear that, like take notes during this meeting, I wouldn't like know what that meant. You know, like it was, it took a long time for me to kind of be able to conversate and take yeah, good notes at the same point. time. And like, it almost took this, it, I almost had to like work up the confidence to say, hold on, <laughs> I got to write this. Yeah. Like, let me read this back to you. Yeah. Like, can you stop talking boss? I got to <laughs> down this sentence that I need to think about like that was something that it didn't come natural to me and so I don't know something so what, to recognize I guess that it's okay to say can you give me a minute I want to write this down yeah. or to um I, I repeat things a lot right I'll say so what you're saying is I should do this is that right and I try to get confirmation yeah. um both from my own clarity purposes but to help make sure the expectations are clear and that I'm getting things down in my notes correctly. 
And also you need to be okay with all of these techniques not working. <laughs> That's my next question. <laughs> because, um, yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, you could have this really great agenda that you make and then that you send people and you think you're all on the same page and then you're somehow not on the same page, even though you talked about it like seven times or something. Um, so like at some point it still will not work um, and you'll probably have to like do it all again. So I think just like being okay with that though, like you just need to be okay with it. So my next question was, what hasn't worked for you to keep that momentum going? I mean, definitely setting unrealistic, unrealistic expectations is probably one really good way to uh, kind of end your motivation for the semester. But I don't know, is there anything else that you feel like I tried to do this and it just did not work out at all? I think just like trial and error for your routine. You know, uh, like for example, like I really do like working out, but turns out I'm not like a super early morning workout person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to be, I desperately want to be like, I'm a morning person. Like I will get up at like 6 a.m., hang out with my like cats and my tea and <laughs> enjoy my life. Yeah. But it's really hard for me to like go to the gym. I mean, not having a plan is definitely like... <laughs> That's a good way to doesn't fail. work. Yeah. Um, this is a really broad, I don't know if this is that useful, but um, what I was thinking, Liz, with your question, it it had me thinking about the times where um I'll get, you know, my advisor will say, okay, you should work on the introduction to this. I it'd be great if we had the introduction to this paper done by, you know, two months from now. Mm -hmm. And the times where I've said, okay, cool, I'm going to write it and I'm not going to talk to you about it until I have a pretty solid first draft or like until I have like, you know, the draft Yeah. and that'll be great. It'll work out just fine. I don't really need any in-between help. Anytime I've done that, largely it's not been great or, or it just makes the process take so much longer um, because I'll stall or I'll miss really big ideas or it just will be clunky. And so I think that I often didn't want to show people my work, especially my written work until yeah. I felt really confident that it was like a finished polished product. But every time I did that, it really only hurt me in the long run because yeah. it just meant I was getting the feedback much later than I would have ordinarily. Um, so I think once I got more comfortable with getting feedback on work that I knew wasn't, you know, fully complete yet, and my advisor or the lab knew I wasn't fully complete with yet, it just made things move quicker. And it was a, a more painless process than I thought it was going to be. I think I was really like feeling embarrassed about showing them outlines yeah. as opposed something that wasn't perfect. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that still is. I mean, I still have that feeling a lot, but yeah. it's at times it can be helpful to just say, here, look at it. It's not good, but I'm struggling with this thing and I want to get help so that I can move past it. One thing I did want to mention was like between Aubrey and Tara. So one thing that like the things you just talked about, not like you as an individual, <laughs> <laughs> but being flexible and also like 
learning what works best for you. So I know I've struggled with transitioning between how I worked with my PhD advisor and how I work with my current advisor. Like during my PhD, it was very like, okay, we meet every two weeks and you get feedback then. And so that's what I did now. And yeah, it made the process so much longer, but that's just how I've always done it. So with my new boss, like that's not how she works. She works on Google Docs where it's constant feedback. I've never used Google Docs in my life. So this was like a huge change and I felt like we weren't communicating well. And that's because I was trying to use an old way of communicating with someone who's new. Um, I guess one of my things would be that when I first started, I tried really hard to never like take breaks and to be really focused when I was at work. And I found that I was a lot more productive if I would occasionally like grab coffee with someone to chat about a question or, um, or even just like thinking about my workspace and and which desk like I like. Like when I first started grad school, I had this desk that drove me crazy because it was like, it just made me feel kind of weirdly exposed. And I was right near the door and I ended up shifting um, to another desk and I felt stupid for moving my desk, but like, I loved the I new loved your desk. That I was working yeah. yeah, it was, I liked it. Um, but yeah, like small changes that make you feel more productive or um, yeah, help you get more done during the day even if they feel like they won't make a big difference can be very helpful. Yeah, taking breaks and just walking over to the next lab to see how someone's doing just to chit chat, I think was always really helpful too. So that work-life balance you know, that everyone talks about, you have to work towards it. Like it's not gonna just happen. And all right, my last question is, what tips do people have for staying organized? For you know, beginning of the semester, you have your calendar, you have your things that you want to do, and you probably have an idea of like what projects you want to do. But how do you break that down for a whole semester versus like I only know what I'm doing today? I have these digital post-its on my desktop background that I oh. absolutely love. Uh, and I like break it down by break it down by different projects. Uh, and paper. Yeah, just updating those. And then I have like a, a planner for the the everyday kind of tasks um, that I've like integrated with my like work calendar. So, you know, it's all kind of, it's only in really like two places. It's not too many places, but two. Okay. Yeah. I'd say keeping them visual has really helped me as well. So having them in my planner, um, I've done the desktop sticky notes. I tried to do it like color coded, but Ooh, there, was, there was too much like hybridization and it got too weird. Oh. Um, so I think keeping them visual and always have like a running place where I could say, this is what's going on with this project. Or I could see that I've been doing a lot here, but I haven't been doing a lot on here. Or I know this week teaching is gonna be super, super busy. So I'm not going to plan a lot for this working on this proposal or whatever. Yeah. I was going to build off of that and like prioritizing. I am terrible at priority. <laughs> Absolutely. And kind of like from the last question too, I was going to make a comment on asking for help. It's okay to do yeah. that. I know that's taken me a long time and both prioritizing and asking for help are two skills that need practice. 
And so I often like either my advisor, even my partner too, I'll be like, okay, I have all these tasks. I'm Mm -hmm. too close to it. Can you help me prioritize or work through this a little bit? I do that a lot. And then my other answer to this question was the, I also use a digital calendar because I don't know if it's the ADD or just who I am, but I lose everything. And so the day that I synced everything up, I use Apple, not to say one's better than the other, but like when I could have a calendar, my digital manuscript, my digital articles to read, my lists and everything synced across my phone, my iPad or my laptop, or I even share it with my partner too. Like there's no way I can lose it and stuff's in the cloud. So there's no way I can lose it and not have to it. So if I am finding myself floundering, I can always log in somewhere to find access to that stuff to stay a little bit more organized or at least know where I'm going to my next meeting. That's a good point. Like I'm not very tech savvy, at least I don't think I am, but there are like tools like Asana to make to-do lists that you can share with other people. So it's really great for like projects, um, like Google Calendar instead of a paper planner. I just really, I'm old school. I like paper planners. Great. Hopefully this has been really helpful for people to get an idea on, you know, how to set yourself up for success, you know, starting the semester off right, but also how to keep that momentum going. Because a lot of us, even with like New Year's resolutions, people say they're going to do this thing. They do it for like a week or two. And then, you know, they burn out because they try to do everything at once. So I think my last tip would be take baby steps. Like if you're not a planner, don't try to buy a new planner and get all these things with it. Like start with just having a to-do list every day. Like take these little baby steps to work towards what you want, but don't try to change everything at once because that's, you know, one way road to uh, burnout, definitely. If this podcast was helpful, Please share it with a friend, with a coworker, with a neighbor, with the stranger down the road. Uh, help me spread this knowledge as far as possible because we all sometimes need a friend that's there for us, that's looking out for us. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening in and I'll talk to you next time.